The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. It was a rabbi that passed away in July of 2019. His name was Rabbi David Trank. And David Trank was an extraordinary individual, a great educator, and he taught thousands and thousands of Jewish children, and especially teenagers, for over 50 years of his life. He was a wonderful educator. So they tell a story about Rabbi Trank that he was a, a Rebbe in a religious high school, and there was a 16-year-old teenager who was a mischief maker. He wasn't interested. He was there because his parents forced him to be there, but he really wasn't participating well, and he was a troublemaker as well. It was a dorm yeshiva, so they were there not just for during the week, but they were there for Shabbat as well. And this particular 16-year-old decides he's had enough of this. He needs a break. He needs an escape. So it's Friday night. It's Shabbat. All of his students and the rest of the yeshiva are davening Kabbalah Shabbat, are davening the Friday night services to be followed by a Friday night dinner. This fellow breaks into the rabbi's office, steals the keys to his car, and decides he's checking out. Well, a friend of his sees what he's doing and says, well, what do you think you're doing? He says, I need out. I'm done. I need a break, an escape. What do you think you're going to do? It's Shabbos. He says, I, I don't care. I got to get out of here. What, what are you doing with Rebbe's keys? I'm stealing his car. You don't have a license. I don't care. I know how to drive, so I don't have a license. It's Shabbos. You can't drive a car. You can't steal someone's car. What are you doing? You don't have a license. You're stealing a car, and it's Shabbos. And he says, I don't care. And he leaves, and he steals his Rebbe's car, and he decides that he's going to the movies. There's a movie theater two miles from the yeshiva. He drives himself to the movie theater, and he goes into the theater and he goes into one of the movies. Back to the yeshiva, they're davening in the yeshiva. Rabbi Trank takes a look around the room and he notices that his bacharol, this little the student who always was, was noisy and therefore when he's not around, you knew that something was up because he wasn't there, realizes, where is he? He starts asking around. No one's talking, no one's talking until he comes to the friend who does know. He says, I don't think I should tell you. And Rabbi Trank says, I think, I think you should tell me. No, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think I should tell you. I don't think it, it's a good idea. He says, yeah, you have to tell me where, where he is. He says, well, Rabbi, he broke into your office. Yeah. He took your keys. Keys to what? The keys to your car. To my car? Yeah, he took the keys to your car. And what is he going to do with the keys to my car? Well, it's not what is he going to do. It's what he did. He left. He left with my car? He left with your car? Where did he go with my car? Well, he told me that he's going to the movies. To the movies tonight? Yeah, he's going to the movies. Okay. Rabbi Trank asks this boy, and do you know where the movie theater is? He says, well, I would imagine he would be going to the one that's closest to here. It's two miles away. Okay. Rabbi Trank doesn't say a word. He asks another Rebbe in the yeshiva if they can fill in for him to supervise dinner. He puts on his coat and he begins to walk and he walks the two miles and he gets to the theater. He goes to the woman selling the tickets in the booth and he says, listen, it's my Shabbat. I don't have money. I wasn't able to carry any money and I really have no interest in watching a movie. However, one of my students is inside one of the theaters and I have a very important message for him. So would it be okay if you let me in just so that I can find him, deliver the message, and then I'm done. I'll, I'll be out. I'll leave. 
The woman trusts him. He looks like an honorable man. And so he, she lets him in. Rabbi Trank enters a movie theater. It's probably the first time in his life he's ever in a movie theater. And he sees door number one, number two, number three. It had to be one of these multiplex theaters where there's many different rooms. And he starts making his way. Now, you need to imagine this. It's Shabbos. He's dressed in his full black coat and his black hat. He's got a long beard. And he's going into theater after theater to check it out, to see where his student might be. He goes from one theater to the next until he actually finds his season where his student is sitting. And so he makes his way to the row. The seat next to his student happens to be empty. And he very quietly, so as not to disturb anybody else who's there watching the movie, sits down right next to his student. The student is focusing on the screen, but you get the feel of presence of someone suddenly coming in and sitting down next to you. At some point, he takes a little bit of a glance. Then he takes another glance. And then he says, Rebbe, what, what are you doing here? I came to see you. You came to see? It's Shabbos. What, what do you mean? You're in the movie theater. What are you doing here? I came to tell you something. You came to tell me something? Yeah, I have a very important message. You have an important message for me. He's expecting to get blasted. You stole my car. I should call the police on you. You drove without a license. You drove on Shabbos. You took my car to a movie theater on Shabbos. He's expecting the very worst. Rabbi Trank says, I came and I walked here to deliver a very simple message for you. Listen, I heard that the popcorn that they sell in this theater is not kosher. I just wanted you to know. So don't buy the popcorn. Have a good Shabbos, my dear student. And whenever you want to come back to yeshiva, I'll be there for you. The boy was in a total state of shock. You came here to tell me that the popcorn isn't kosher? Yeah, yeah, have a good Shabbos. And he stands up to leave, and the boy grabs his hand and says, no, you can't leave without me. I'm coming with you. And the boy and the Rebbe began the two-mile hike back home. The boy expected to hear from his Rebbe, it's Shabbos, how could you do such a thing? How can you steal a car? Not a word, not a sound. The Rebbe was telling jokes and telling stories. Nothing, not one word of scolding, not one word of condemnation, not one word of judgmentalism, just happy to be walking with his student on the Shabbos. When they get back to yeshiva, this boy said to his Rebbe, to Rabbi Trank, I want you to know this will never happen again. I will never, never do such a thing for the rest of my life. And the reason he said that was because the way the Rebbe treated him, with the love, with the warmth, with the understanding. We all need second chances. Every one of us, in a different way perhaps, we need that second chance. Yes, we make mistakes. We're human. Every one of us, well, we will make mistakes. We're not angels. We can be condemned for it. We can be judged for it. We can be cast aside for it. God teaches us about Pesach Sheni, about the second Passover. There's always a second chance. There's always another opportunity. There's other another way. There's always another way. Around 40 years ago, there was a woman from the Midwest. Her name was Karen, and she had very little interest in Judaism. But she had a friend who would always try to encourage her to come with her, to go to a lecture, to go to a class. Karen would always push it off. But one time, the friend got the better of her, and she agreed, and she went. And she happened to go to a Chabad center that was having a guest speaker. The guest speaker that particular night was Rabbi Shlomo Hecht of Blessed Memory. 
who's a great rabbi from the city of Chicago. He was visiting the town that Karen was in, and he was the guest speaker that night. Okay, it's a large crowd. She's sitting there. She's listening to Rabbi Hach's talk. And Rabbi Hach begins that he was a chassid of the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe, of the Friedrich Rebbe, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak Schneerson. And in fact, he remembers the very last public discourse, the last public speech that the previous Rebbe made. And in that talk, the Rebbe said that sometimes when you hear a talk, when you attend a lecture, you're there only because someone from the heavenly world is actually sending a message to you. And that message from the heavenly world will come via some guest speaker that happens to be in town. The thoughts will happen to come into his mind what he should talk about that particular day. But really, it's been planted there by someone in the heavenly world to deliver a message to someone in the audience. But that's what he remembers the previous Rebbe saying. Well, that got Karen's attention. That's rather fascinating. that You can hear messages from the heavenly world, from loved ones perhaps in the heavenly world, via a lecture that some guest speaker happens to be speaking in that particular room. And so she's quite intrigued by this Rabbi Hacht and the message that he happens to have for them for that night. And he tells a story. He says it was during the end of the war, and those in America understood and heard what had taken place in Europe and the refugee problem now of all the orphan children, the Jewish children that needed help desperately from American Jewry. So their synagogue arranged a fundraiser, and they put together a campaign, and they raised $180,000, which you can imagine in the 1940s what type of sum that was to, to raise. And that was to be distributed to refugees and orphans of the Jewish people in the city of Paris and in, the, and in Eretz Yisrael. They selected a delegation of people that would go and deliver the money from their congregation, first stop in Paris, and then they would go to Israel. Amongst the three that were selected to be part of this committee to deliver the funds was someone named Samuel Broda. Samuel Broda then was the president of the best kosher food products. Rabbi Hach continues his story. The delegation came back from Europe, and Mr. Broda gave us a full account of his journey and what it was like. And he said it was a very painful experience. It was an experience he will never forget to see the orphans and to see the refugees and to hear what took place with thousands of also Russian Jewish refugees that we saw there. And he spent a lot of time talking to the people. And amongst the crowd, I picked one child. It was an eight-year-old boy. And I said to this eight-year-old boy, what can I get you from America? If I go back, when I go back to the United States, what can I send you? I wanted to send him a gift. He would ask for a bicycle. He would ask for a camera. He would ask for a watch, something that I can possibly send this boy. And I kept on saying, what, what can I get you from America? And the boy says, America, I wish I can go to America. Why do you wish you can go to America? He says, because in America is the Lubavitcher Rebbe. And I wish I could see the Lubavitcher Rebbe. And Sam Breuder is repeating this to Rabbi Hach, and he says, just shocked, shocked me. An eight-year-old boy, he's never seen the Rebbe in his life, so only that is, he's heard about the Rebbe from his parents. His parents perhaps haven't seen the Rebbe in a long time, and yet they speak with such love and admiration about the Rebbe that an eight-year-old boy, when you say, why would you want to go to America, says, I want to go to America because then I can lay eyes on the Lubavitcher Rebbe. 
So Sam Broider, who is not a chassid of Chabad, is telling this to Rabbi Hecht, who is, and he says, dawned on me, I live in Chicago, I'm in the United States, I live here, and that I've never seen the Rebbe, and here's this boy, and his dream in life is to see the Rebbe. You're a chassid of the Rebbe, I'm asking you for a favor. Make an appointment for me. I would like to go see him. So Rabbi Hecht says, certainly I will try. The year was 1947. The Rebbe at that point wasn't in good health. This is the previous Rebbe, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak Schneerson. It was difficult to get an appointment, but he was able to pull it off. And he and Sam Broide, they fly to New York for their appointment. Rabbi Hecht accompanies him just into the antechamber to the room outside the Rebbe's room. And then it's Sam Broide's time to go into the Rebbe's office. And he goes in, and he's there for some time. And when the door opens and he comes out, Rabbi Hech sees that he's crying, his tears, his face is red, he's been crying and shaking. And he wanted to give him some space, give him some space. And Sam goes over to Rabbi Hech and he says, that was the most incredible, moving experience of my life. And that's all he said. And he walked out, he went into the main shul. As Rabbi Hech was getting up and getting ready to leave, the previous Rebbe's secretary comes out of the Rebbe's room. And he says to Rabbi Hach, the Rebbe wants to see you now. Me? I wasn't here for an appointment. The Rebbe asked that I come out and I find you. So I nervously, again, this is all the story that Rabbi Hach is telling in the Midwest. And in this audience is this woman named Karen who had nothing to do with Judaism. I go into the Rebbe's room and the Rebbe says to me that Sam Broido was just by me. He was here, came to see me. You arranged it. When I came to ask him the question of how is his children and his grandchildren, he started to cry. He was crying. And so I gave him a blessing. And the blessing was that he will have nachas from his grandchildren. He'll have nachas from his grandchildren. I promised him that he will have nachas from his grandchildren. And I said, okay, good. I was satisfied, a nice blessing to give. And I, I left the Rebbe's room. And then Rabbi Hech went on with whatever the subject of the lecture, how that fed into the rest of the lecture. During the entire story, this woman, Karen, is crying away. The lecture is over. Rabbi Hech goes over to this woman and says, I noticed that you've been crying the whole talk. Is there something I said? Is there something that's disturbing you? Is there something that's bothering you? And she says, Sam Broida is my grandfather. She was there listening to a story told by some guest lecturer the entire time about her grandfather. To which Rabbi Hech said, I never understood why the Rebbe insisted on telling me that he gave Sam Broida a blessing that he will have nachas from his grandchildren. I never knew why it was important to tell me. I understand why you told Sam, but why are you telling me until this very moment? Because I'm encountering one of Sam Breuder's grandchildren right now in this talk, in this room. And Karen explains to Sam Breuder that you should know that when my father, my grandfather passed away, none of his children and none of his grandchildren were part of the pathway of Torah and Yiddishkeit. They had all left the path. And now that I'm hearing this story and hearing of the blessing that the Rebbe gave to my grandfather, I realize who's talking to me now, that it's my grandfather talking. 
And it's my grandfather telling me it's never too late. It's never too late. And I need to begin my studies. Karen went to Israel. She studied there for quite a long time. She became an observant Jew, teacher of Torah herself, a wonderful speaker, a wonderful lecturer. You can find her lecturer. She goes by the name Shifra today. Shifra Hendry have hundreds and hundreds of lectures of hers on YouTube's, on YouTube and on various other social media outlets. And Sam brought up in heaven as having nachas from seeing indeed that her granddaughter and her great grand and her great grandchildren and great great grandchildren have chosen the path of returning, of coming back, because it's never ever too late. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to Inspire dot org.